0: This is Cruise Radio
1: Rewind.
0: (laughs) Real reviews from real cruisers.
1: I'm actually recording this episode of Cruise Radio Rewind in the Miami International Airport at Terminal D49. And I'm being looked at by a lot of people, but it's all good because we have to keep the show rolling. So, uh, yeah, heading back to Jacksonville, just got on with the... Uh, What was the christening today? A naming ceremony of Princess Cruise's brand new ship, Sky Princess. So that's on the way um, on our first Caribbean sailing as we speak. Was on Norwegian Sky over the past few days, went over to the Bahamas, was supposed to go to Great Stirrup Key, but um, bad weather stopped us from that. More on that later, though. If you want to see, like, the full recap, it's on the website at cruiseradio.net. MSC Cruises opened up their new island, MSC Ocean Key Reserve, on December 5th. And while here in Miami, I had a chance to talk with Ken Musket. He's the chief operating officer of MSC Cruises USA. So we'll jump to that interview first. And then following Ken, while I was sailing on MSC Maravilla, I had a chance to catch up with a passenger on board to get his thoughts of Meravia in kind of the 2019 version of MSC Cruises and what he thinks of it. So we'll jump right to that after Ken's interview. Joining <laughs> us again is Ken Muscat. He's the COO of MSC Cruises North America. Good to talk to you again, man. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. MSC Cruises, Ocean Key Marine Reserve. Talk to us a little bit about it.
0: Look, this has been an unbelievable process. It's been close to a four-year process of taking a island very near Bimini that was a sand extraction, almost a, a dumping ground, unfortunately. And spending the last four years in building it into a beautiful paradise. Uh, so it is officially named a marine reserve because we've protected 65 miles around the island to be a marine reserve. Very much focused on environmental sustainability and, and bringing marine life back. It's an incredible daytime and nighttime experience. So we're going to be there up until midnight, which is very unique. And um, it's beautiful. I mean, everything about it, the sand, the water, the cabanas, the spa experience, the dining experience. We've got food, ship, uh, food trucks on the island. We have great buffets, a completely uh, separate area for the yacht club guests. So it's really everything that you would want in just a, uh, a mix of rest and relaxation and beauty, as well as even being able to learn and participate in how you can help the environment and marine life
1: something you said just fascinated me. You said it was a dumping site. So like what was involved to transform this like from a dumping site into like this beautiful pristine island?
0: So, I mean, for example, we took 7500 tons of of metal that was in the water unfortunately that had been that had been just dropped there from people over the years and had to take it out of the water. Um, I mean, it, it was, it, there's just an ongoing list of things that we had to do to first clean up the island and then make it a completely beautiful paradise place, and then start building on top of it. So um, it, it, we've done a lot for fixing up the area and for the environment from just doing the cleaning perspective. Now, of course, we're bringing in all these guests to enjoy, the, to enjoy the island and learn about how they can partake in things like coral restoration, which is very important.
1: You guys have, like, a lot of ships here in Miami. Is it going to be, like, can you dock one ship
0: there or two? So right now you can dock one. Okay. Uh, which we're very happy about because, you know, we have very large ships, anywhere from 4,500 to 5,500 people. Um, So putting those amount of people on the island is is very controllable, and the island is a perfect size for it. Um, It does have capacity to to hold more, but right now we're we're starting with one ship. Um, And the other nice thing is because we're there all day and all night, guests don't have to feel like they have to rush off the ship as soon as we get there. So... It's going to be interesting because over time, now that we're going there, we're going to see how the traffic flow works. Many guests may choose to spend the morning on the ship, go to the pool, have breakfast, and then come off and go on the island for lunch and into the nighttime experience, or vice versa. Guests may want to get off the ship first thing, enjoy the island for the day, maybe get back on board for dinner, and then get back off the ship for the nighttime show that we're going to have uh, in the evening. And because the ship is docked, it's very easy on and off throughout the day. You briefly touched on this, but when a guest steps
1: off the ship and onto the Ocean Key Marine Reserve, what can they first expect? Like, what's
0: going to be their first impression? I think really the first impression is going to be just the beauty. Um, you first walk right into this welcome area where we've got all of the shops and we've got the welcome center and these beautiful big palm trees, but you're immediately going to see the lighthouse to your left as soon as you walk off the ship and the, the blueness of the water is something like I've never seen. And that is immediately going to make people just feel this overwhelming sense of rest and relaxation. And then as you experience your way through the island, you're going to see all these cabins You're going to see the lounge chairs. You're going to see we have eight beaches. We have the Kids Lagoon. We have the Yacht Club area. So as you continue to go through the island, you're going to see more and more things that you can do. Did I read it's like 65 miles off the coast? Yes, exactly. 65 miles from Miami. Mm -hmm. So it's the closest island to Miami, which is what allows us to, or the closest private island to Miami, I should say, which is what allows us to stay there till midnight because then it only takes a couple hours to get back to Miami the next day for disembarkation. How does the daytime experience transform into the evening experience? So the daytime experience is very much around enjoying the water, enjoying the beach, enjoying the activities. We have stand-up paddle boarding, we have group activities, we have scuba, we have snorkeling, we have uh, kayaking. You know, So we, ha- we have all kinds of great activities during the day. And then as it transforms into the evening, the lighthouse becomes a light show. You have a Junkanoo band that does a parade throughout the island that ends in the beach right in front of the lighthouse with a huge party. You have bonfires set up and picnic areas set up for the nighttime experience. So it really transforms from um, what you would see in a, in, a, in a private destination during the day that's very much about the beach and the activities and the, and the dining. And then into the night is more of the party under the stars kind of experience. If you're staying in the yacht club on the ship, do you have a private like section there? You have a, your own private beach, you have your own private uh, b- um, restaurant area. Actually, the Yacht Club Clubhouse, which is called the uh, the Ocean House, is the only place on the island that is air-conditioned. It's built like a, like a uh, Hemingway kind of house that you would find in the Keys. Big leather furniture, air-conditioned, beautiful bar, white wood. Um, so they have that. They have their own private area for dining, their own private beach area, and the butlers that work on board come to the beach, and they're your butlers on the beach. So Yacht Club experience it goes to a whole nother level on the beach.
1: A lot of the cruise lines are investing these days into their private islands. I mean, Royal Caribbean investing $200 million, Carnival's investing $80 million in Half Moon. What's going to make Ocean Key stand out? Like, if someone had a choice between going to Perfect Day, Half Moon, Great Stirrup Key, why choose MSC's Ocean Marine Reserve?
0: I think, I think one of the real reasons is... is you know, what are you looking for? Um, Some of these other islands are incredible and they've got the slides and the zip lines and all the activities and it's very much about active, active, active. Um, Our island is very much around the rest and relaxation, the beauty, and most importantly, we go after what we call the curious traveler, somebody who's always looking to walk away having experienced something unexpected or maybe walk away having learned something. So when you could go to our bio lab and you can uh, do a shore excursion with the scientists that we have working on the island to learn about coral restoration and how you can participate in planting coral to, be- to grow In the 65 miles that we have surrounding the island that are dedicated as a marine reserve, that's obviously a very different experience than somebody who wants to go do zip lines and water slides. Both are great, but our experience is very much around the rest and relaxation and what you can do to make the marine environment better. And those are the kind of passengers that we're looking for, somebody who wants to make an impact and they can come back on board and say, wow, I really did something on this island that was completely unexpected. Are you all teaming up with like any local universities or anything for the research part? Yes, we are. Uh, we're, it, we, we haven't made public announcements yet on what we're doing, but we are... Uh, partnering with local universities. We're partnering actually not only with local, but we're doing things with the UN, we're doing things with scientists and universities from all around the world, because the whole world is gonna benefit from some of the tests that we're gonna be doing in coral restoration at the island. So it's not just around the Caribbean, but it's what can we learn at Ocean Key that's gonna benefit the entire globe. Last question here, Ken. What's one thing you hope people take away after visiting the island? You know, the one thing I hope people take away after visiting the island and MSC in general is a that was unexpected. Many people don't don't are still learning about MSC. You know, we're still the new guy on the block and we're growing in a very fast way. So whether it's on board the ship or whether it's on the island, I hope people walk away saying, "Wow, that was something that was an unexpected cruise vacation experience different than anything I've experienced before." And Bring home something that, whether you put it on Instagram, social media, or you share it with your friends and family, something that was very unique that drives you to want to come back to us again. Very cool. And I just want to say, if you've been hearing music during this interview, they're doing like this killer,
1: what are they, was it like the, um, the atrium has a yes. song and dance with a projection? Yes,
0: yes. And the promenade, which is the longest LED dome promenade at sea, it shows videos, pop-up videos that happen anytime throughout the day to surprise people with all kinds of activities with the crew staff going on on the promenade. So that's the noise that we're hearing right now. Yeah. If you want to check it out, check out the Cruise
1: Radio Instagram page at Cruise Radio. Uh, Ken Musket, Chief Operating Officer of MSC Cruises North America. America. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here with Nome, a current passenger on board MSC Maravilla here on a four-night sailing out of Miami. Went over to Cozumel. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Doug? Good, man. You've been on the show a couple of times, so it's good to finally meet you in person.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, great to meet you in person, and uh, it's interesting uh, to sail a new brand for the first time, which I'm able to do this week. How beautiful is this ship? It's fantastic. It's, it is a little glitzy. Uh, there's lots of crystals and chrome, but it's a lot. Um, it's, it's very nice. And it's a very nice ship to walk around and to, to view the artwork and, and the decor. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. I think that's one of the, the highlights of this, uh, of this cruise line and this, uh, this ship right now.
1: MSC has always been a very polarizing cruise on, I guess you could say, and there's two things really, there's the food that's polarizing and there's the customer service or service on board that people say. So I'm just curious, like what has been your thoughts of the food throughout the past few days?
2: So, I think the food has been um, pretty good in terms of the, the quality of it. One of the, uh, or a couple of comments I have about the food. First of all, I'm a vegetarian and I appreciate that they have options and they label the vegetarian options in the buffet and in the uh, main dining room. I do think that the variety in the buffet is a little bit lacking. It seems like they repeat a lot of uh, their choices, but they do have definitely an international kind of a flair, more of a European flair in terms of the choices that they offer on their menus.
1: We, uh, so we've only done one night in the main dining room, the first night, and it was really good. We had the early seating, the 5.30 seating, but our goal has been to try to eat at every single place on the ship before we get off. We're only here for four nights, so um, I'm feeling kind of bloated and heavy right now. But it's, uh, the food has been solid across every place we've gone to so far.
2: Teppanyaki stands out the most, though, just like so freaking good up there. Have you had a chance to check out any of the shows? Um, yeah, I went to the show on the first night and the second night. The first night was uh, a little bit quirky. It was um, called Virtual, and it, it was sort of took the perspective of sort of being stuck in a smartphone, which was kind of peculiar. Um, and the, any of the singing that they did was very obvious, a lip-sync track, which I, you know, was a little disappointed. And then I went to the, the show on the second night, and that was a lot better. That was sort of just a general uh, rock where they paid homage to a bunch of different artists, and that was live singing. The dancing was, was pretty good, and it was a quick show. I think most of their shows here are done in uh, 40, 45 minutes. One of the other interesting things to note is there's like 5,000 people on this ship, and the theater does not hold very many people. Now, it's a good theater in that there's no blocked sight lines, but they can only fit so many people. So I've noticed that they've been, they've been programming um, shorter shows, like 40, 45 minutes, and doing three or even four per night. Did you catch the uh, the beer prob show? No, I'm going to try and catch that uh, tonight on our last night uh, yeah. on the ship. Same here. Also, um, circ show yet? No, I couldn't get in. Um, by the end of the first day, all of the spots had been uh, had been filled up. So I'm not going to be able to see the Cirque on this show.
1: Yeah, we had to go down there right when we got on board to get a seat, and then people were talking to it at breakfast yesterday mornings. Like they tried to go in, like you, they're like locked out. Everything sold out, and a waiting list too. So it's a uh, pretty wild, but the Cirque show is really, really cool, too, and kind of a cool lounge back there. It reminds me a lot of the 270 lounge on Royal
2: Caribbean's um, Quantum class. Have you been on one of those ships yet? I have. I've been on Quantum and on Ovation, and it is very similar. I think it's pretty similar in size. Uh, The center atrium uh, or uh, centrum here, which has this really cool domed led um ceiling which uh, msc touts is the largest one ever built um that's a really neat experience and i've really enjoyed the the various vignettes and and things that they're broadcasting on there. that's very similar in its feel to to quantum and then uh they do have the sort of a two-story sports sports deck on one of the i think it's on deck 17 where they have basketball uh similar to uh the quantum class ships as well
1: What were your thoughts on sea days? Like, as far as the we're on our second one now, we've had two on this cruise. Um, As far as looking
2: for, are you like an outside person at all, or not? Not um, all the time. I'm not. I don't worship the sun too much, but I did spend some time walking around um, earlier today, which is a sea day. And while it definitely feels populated, it's not like every single seat, every single lounger is taken. So I think, given that there's five thousand people on this ship, it's not too too crowded or congested.
1: Yeah, I was talking to Ken, and he told me that there was only it's two hundred people short of a full sailing. And I saw like we walked around noon. We walked to the slides, through the water park, and the ropes course, and all that. And we grabbed a seat right out back, where you know on a smaller ship with a lot of people, you couldn't find anything. It'd be all locked up. So I was really like impressed with the amount. I guess it's maybe I don't know what you call it. Maybe like space to passenger ratio or something like that. It seems to have a guys nice, a nice um, a nice feel to it. Also. I haven't really felt like there's been any congestion points at all on these two sea days. Normally, there's those points like where certain parts of the ship get really, really packed on sea days, and I didn't experience that at all, not even in the buffet.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. The buffet does not seem to have any, or I haven't experienced any points where you cannot find a seat. Mm-hmm. There's enough seating and enough space that they've built in there that seems like um, they're able to accommodate all the passengers in the buffet during like breakfast and lunch on a sea day. So you've been in the industry for a few years. Um, who is this ship for? I think this ship is for someone who's looking for a really good value, but something that is maybe a little bit more international in its flavor, a little more European, but they are looking for a value price point. Um, I think it does a decent job of accommodating kids. I, I don't think it's, it's quite up there with Royal Caribbean and Disney, but I think um, they do have a kids' club, and they do seem to have some family-friendly programming. Uh, I think it's for, you know, people who are looking for a a good price, honestly. So we'll flip it then and say, who is this ship not for? For someone who wants a very American experience. um, It is more international. We've we've talked about this. They make announcements announcements from the from the bridge and in shows in five or six languages. That can, can wear a little uh, become a little tedious at times. Um, so I think for someone who wants a really more of a traditional cruise experience, they're interested in maybe a higher level of attentiveness and service, um, and not quite that European relaxed service. They, they might not uh, might not be to their liking.
1: Did you get the drink package at all? I did not. Okay, I got the easy package, which is anything up to six dollars in cappuccinos and waters and everything okay. like that, and it's uh, a pretty good value. It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of uh, I don't want to say gotcha, but a few drinks
2: are like six twenty-five and six fifty. So you so, feel the pressure to, yeah. to step it up to a, a like a premium or deluxe level package.
1: Yeah, but I only drink vodka soda anyway, so that's a six dollars. So I was safe okay. in bottled water and cappuccinos. But uh, I was talking to the guy, and I'm like, what if I wanted to get a cider that was six fifty? He's like, well, you have to pay six fifty for it i'm like oh okay you whatever a
2: difference <laughs> no. you gotta pay the <laughs> yeah. whole the whole thing see now that's one thing that i think this cruise line is really pushing and banking on ancillary revenue generation on board they have a really strong upsell game especially when it comes to things like spa treatments and duty-free specialty dining um i i do feel and see a lot of that you know spend more on board uh, throughout the ship
1: how was your Wi-Fi and what package did
2: you buy? I bought the uh, the highest level package and I found it to be uh, inconsistent. Uh, it it works most of the time, but um, and I have been able to make some video chat calls over Facebook Messenger, but downloading some files, uh, downloading like say podcast files has has been slow. So it's not been the best. I've had worse. Um, you know, it, it was I guess uh, medium.
1: And for people who aren't like us, who aren't you know, trying to pull down big files or upload big files, I would say like if you just have a social package, it's probably sufficient.
2: Yeah, if you just wanted to text and post on social media, it's probably fine. We briefly touched on this. What are some major differences between... MSC cruises and the mass market lines? I think that the mass market lines have the secret sauce when it comes to fun and really getting the, the cruisers off their feet, jumping around and really enjoying and enthusiastic about the experience. It feels a little more sedate and a little bit more sort of muted than you would see, say, on a carnival cruise during their sail away party. I didn't ever get that kind of vibe and energy on this sailing you know what it reminds me of? You said you had some loyalty with Princess, right? Yeah, I've been on Princess several times, and I'm a travel agent. I sell a lot of Princess, so I'm very familiar with the product. This has a kind
1: of a Princess feel to me. I mean, international audience. But, yes. I mean, it has more, like, not
2: over-the-top fun, but not, like, zombie either. You know what I mean? Does it, that make sense? It does. It does. And, and further to that point, when I think about the energy on board and the decor we're sitting at a champagne bar that's filled with ice and it makes me think of celebrity yeah right exactly so i think um you know the ship is bigger and msc is building bigger ships and going more of a contemporary slice of the market but the decor and the energy might be a little bit more in line with celebrity so last question for you as you debark tomorrow what's a big takeaway for you So MSC is serious about breaking into this business. They're opening up a new private island in Nassau, hopefully next month, or in the Bahamas, rather. They're serious. They're a force to be reckoned with. They're going to continue to build many more new ships and continue to market to North American clientele. I think uh, the most important thing is to know what you're buying, know what the experience is going to be, be like with MSC, and you can get a great value and have a good vacation in the process.